Brilliance Audio presents the unabridged recording of Titus Awakes, a novel by Maeve Gilmore, based on a fragment by Mervyn Peake, performed by Simon Vance. Introduction The Gormenghast trilogy was not envisaged as a trilogy. There was to have been a fourth book, in which Titus Grown, having left his own domain of his own volition for the first time, knowing that he could not return, entered a world where he was unknown, young, and alone. The life he found outside the castle was indifferent to him. There were echoes from his childhood, and the flint he carried with him gave verisimilitude, if to no one else, at least to himself. Gormenghast was not a dream. The world he encountered outside was not a dream. And the world that had been engendered by the first three books was to encompass the vastness of life. A picaresque tale that was so bloody and so enormous in its vision that only a man who had that boldness and that vision within his grasp could manipulate it. I am about to try to take Titus alone into that world. The first pages will be those that were tortured into life by the man who struggled with his failing brain and his failing hand to conjure up so enormous a task. Chapter 1. Titus Awakes from the Snows July 1960 Meanwhile the castle rolled. Great walls collapsed, one into another. The colours of the tracts were horrible, the vilest green, the most hideous purple. Here the foul shimmering of rotting fungi, there a tract of books alive with mice. In every direction great vistas opened, so that Gertrude, standing at the little window of a high room, would seem to command a world before her eyes, though her eyes were out of focus. It had become a habit of hers to stand at this particular window, from which a world lay bare, a clouder of cats at her feet, and her dark red hair full of nests. Who else is there alive in this echoing world? And yet, for all the collapse and the decay, the castle seemed to have no ending. There were still the endless shapes and shadows, echoing the rides of stone. While the Countess Gertrude moved about her home, it might be thought that she was in some kind of trance, so silent she was. The only sound coming from her coiled hair was the twitter of small birds. As for the cats, they swarmed about her like froth. One day, the massive countess, standing before the little window of her bedroom, lifted her matriarchal head and brought her eyes into focus. The birds fell silent, and the cats froze into an arabesque. As she approached from the west, so Prune Squalor, his head in the air, approached from the east, and as he minced, he sang in a falsetto unutterably bizarre. "'Is that you, Prune Squalor?' said the countess her voice travelling gruffly over the flagstones. "'Why, yes!' trilled the doctor, breaking off in his own peculiar improvisation. "'It most assuredly is.' "'Is that you, Prune Squalor?' said the Countess. "'Who else?' "'Who else?' said her voice, travelling over the flagstones. "'Who else?' cried the doctor. "'It assuredly is.' At least I hope so. And Prune Squalor patted himself here and there and pinched himself to make sure of his own existence.
The Descent from Gormenghast Mountain With every pace he drew away from Gormenghast Mountain, and from everything that belonged to his home. That night, while Titus lay asleep in the tall barn, a nightmare held him. Sometimes as he turned in his sleep he muttered, sometimes he spoke out loud and with extraordinary strange emphasis. His dreams thronged him, they would not let him go. It was early. The sun had not yet risen. Outside the barn the hills and the forests were hoary with cold dew and blotched with pools of ice. What is he doing here, the young man, 77th Earl and Lord?